Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today, we have a really great episode. Because the MLB playoffs are in full swing. We've had a full week of playoff games. The regular season is over. We are down to our last eight teams in the MLB fighting for that World Series ring. Now, it is getting crazy. Also, we saw in the NFL a huge entry that could easily shape the entire landscape of the entire season in the NBA. This season is just one week away. We are so close. There's so much to get into. Let us jump right in. Andrew, in the MLB, the playoffs have begun. We are underway. Andrew, the big headlines. In the wildcard game in the American League, we saw the Red Sox and the Yankees, the matchup that everyone wanted to see. The Bronx versus Boston and Andrew. The victor was the Red Sox. Andrew, the Red Sox beat the Yankees. I believe the score was 6-2. to two. The Red Sox advanced to play the race. They are now currently tied with one game to one. Game three is tonight. Andrew, in the national week, the Dodgers beat the Cardinals in the wildcard game. Not that big of a surprise, but now the Dodgers are playing the Giants, and they are also tied one to one. Game three is tomorrow night. Now, in the American League, the other match we have is the Astros versus the White Sox. Now, Andrew, the entire season we're talking about, this is going to be one of the funnest, or this is going to be one of the most fun matchups of the entire year. Two of the most balanced teams in the league, two of everyone's favorite teams in the entire league, and just very, very equally matched. And Andrew, the American League, the other one, the Rays versus the Red Sox, is tied one to one. And the National League, both battle, both matchups are one to one. But Andrew, and the Astros versus the White Sox, it's two to zero. Game three is tonight. The Astros are winning two to zero in a best of five series. And if the Astros win tonight, it's over. The White Sox are out of the playoffs after four days. That would be huge for the Astros to get a sweep in the first round of the playoffs. Andrew, it almost seems impossible that the Astros don't move on to the playoffs. But Andrew, of the four series that we have right now, all of them one-to-one besides the White Sox versus the Astros is two-to-zero. Andrew, what do you think is going to happen in the next week in these playoff series? Well, yeah, Ryan, personally, I feel like the next week is going to be crazy. Let's start with the American League, with the Houston versus the White Sox. To be honest, I think the White Sox will take this game, just since in my sports history of watching, when it was 2-0 and it's best out of 3, or 3-0 and it's best out of 7, or whatever, almost always the team that's on the brink of elimination will win one game and then lose the next one to be eliminated. So that is my prediction. I feel like the White Sox are going to put everything they have into this game, throw all their best players at it, throw all their best pitchers and everyone at this game, take the win just barely, but then lose the next game. So that means I'm putting this game with Houston. So then our next series, which is between the Red Sox and the Rays. To be honest, I do not know how, what to make of this because the Rays are clearly the better team, but are they really going to play like it? Who's going to step up in the big moments? Who is that dominant pitcher that they have? But the Red Sox, I don't know. They were the wild card team. I had to go against the Yankees. That's a hard game. So I guess I have to go to the Rays. In the National League, we see the Dodgers and the Giants. This matchup is going to be insane. To be honest, I still say whoever wins this matchup is going to be my World Series winner. But 
I just have to go with the Giants. I just feel like this entire year, they've demonstrated to be better than the Dodgers in almost every step. And I just feel like this team is the real deal. And the Dodgers, I don't care how many Cy Youngs or how many MVPs they have, if none of their guys are playing that well. It does not matter when you have a Giants team who's having so many guys play so well. So that's why I got to go with the, with the Giants. In our final series where we have the Milwaukee Brewers versus the Atlanta Braves, I got to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. I understand that they lost last night with Woodruff versus Freed, but I just feel like they have a very good chance to come back with Freddie Peralta, I believe, tomorrow night, Monday night. And then after that, even if they lose their next game, then they still have Corbin Burns coming back against um, whoever the against Charlie Morin, which we already saw the Brewers win that game. So that's why I got to go with the Brewers. Now, Ryan, tell me, out of all those teams that either I said or that you think will move on, tell me who, is, who are your two World Series favorites in each league. Yeah, and this is really tough, but in the American League, I got to go the Astros if they're healthy and their pitchers are playing solid, I think they might be the best team in baseball. Andrew, in the National League, it's got to be the Dodgers or the Giants. It's got to be one of them. I just got to go with the Giants. And I'm sad to see the Astros winning the World Series. The cheaters. The people who didn't win fairly. I've got to sadly say the Astros are going to win this year's World Series just because of pure talent and pure domination this season. I just don't really see any team beating the Astros. I mean, just every team has a big flaw in the league. And for some fans, I think that's actually pretty good that we don't see any teams that are just glaring favorites. But a team like the Rays, they have very few stars, very few guys to step up. Astros, White Sox, you don't really see the domination that you see with a lot of other teams. With the Red Sox, you just really don't see the pitching there. And you see the hitting is a little banged up. And the National Dodgers, completely not playing up to expectations. The Giants are way over expectations, and it doesn't seem like it's possible to keep up this. The Brewers have one of the worst hitting lineups in the league, and I really don't like what the Braves are doing right now, and they're just scrapping together guys that I feel like are not going to work well in the playoffs. Now, don't get me wrong. I just named all the negatives of the teams, and every team has big positives. Like, the Brewers have one of the best pitching staffs in the league. Giants probably have the best five-man rotation in the league, but I just feel like no team is really that more ahead of any other team. That's why I just got to say, I don't know who's going to win, but I guess I'd probably just have to go Astros over Giants. Now, Andrew, what of these? So, as we said, there's three matchups that are tied one game to one game. Now, prob- we, obviously one team will win, but of all of them, which one do you think will end up in a five-game series, if any? Well, Ryan, I'd say this Dodgers versus Giants could definitely go to a five-game series. I just feel like with this teams, with both teams' immense, like, dominant pitchers and then weaker pitchers, I feel like this series could be crazy close and could be down to the wire every single game and could be so close every single time. So that's why I just feel like this is what we are looking to with this series, a five-game series. I cannot wait for this. Ryan. The playoffs are huge. But tell me, what is one or two guys in the playoffs that you feel like will have to break out for their teams? On their team, if they want to go anywhere, if they want to survive this round, they got to step up. Pitcher or hitter, doesn't matter. Just a guy that has to be doing more. Yeah, Andrew, I feel like just one guy in the American League, it's the Red Sox' Alex Verdugo. This guy was pretty good this year. 
but I feel like he really has to take another step forward in these playoffs to lead a decent lineup to become a great lineup because this team's pitching isn't going to lead them anywhere, so their hitting has to be dominant. And I think it all starts with him at the top of the order, in the middle of the top of the order. This guy's really got to step up. Andrew, in the National League, this is a really tough call, but personally, I've just got to go with Mike Yastrzemski, the Giants' best hitter. This Giants team has probably the best five-man pitching rotation in the LMB and one of the better ones we've seen in a long time. But Andrew, this Giants hitting team is horrible. Now, they've been playing decently of late, but I just feel like it cannot go on the same. The Giants don't have the best lineup in the league, and in my opinion, they kind of stink. So I feel like they really need guys like Mike Ostromsky, who last year really stepped up for them to break out in these playoffs and be a dominant force to lead them to victory. Now, if those two guys can break out for their teams, I see them being able to go easily to the World Series if they're able to have great seasons. Now, Andrew, we could talk about the MLB playoffs all day, but Andrew, we have to move on. Andrew, in the NFL last week, it was a great week, but Andrew, right now, it is eight. We are recording this at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. And Andrew, right now, the Falcons-Jets game is about to kick off literally in less than one minute. The game is about to kick off. You might say, what, what, what? The game, most games start at noon. But nope, Andrew, this game is in London between the Jets and the Falcons. They are playing in London as we speak. But Andrew, that's not big news. Both of those teams absolutely stink. So let's move on to actual NFL news. Andrew, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Russell Wilson, has a partially broken finger. There's a million different medical terms that you might not understand. It is feared that he might have a mallet finger. Don't know what that is. But it seems as though he'll be out for a month and a half. Now, Andrew, how much do you think this injury will affect the Seahawks? And who are they now starting because of that injury? Levine, the Seahawks are the huge loss with Russell Wilson. To be honest, there are only about three other quarterbacks that I would say have such a big loss to their team when losing their starting quarterback compared to the Seahawks losing Russell Wilson. Now, they turn to Geno Smith, who it's actually his birthday today. Tell you a little more about him later, but who will start for the Seahawks. Now, this is also a huge loss because if, let's say, the Panthers lost Sam Tarn, doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey is amazing. But the Seahawks have Chris Carson. And Chris Carson right now, is injured. Right. This is going to hurt. Yeah, Andrew, definitely. The Seahawks' Chris Carson has been injured. He missed all of Thursday night's game with some sort of neck injury. I think they're saying just discomfort right now, but I believe they're still doing further testing on it because they fear he could have a partially broken neck, which would result in him missing many, many games. And again, Andrew, as you were saying with the Seahawks, their defense isn't turning any heads, that's for sure. And on their offense, their offense flows through Russell Wilson, even if he's not throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns a game. When it's third and 10, after a missed catch or a missed block, he can clean it up. I like Geno Smith. He's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, Andrew. And on Thursday night, he really showed that he was able to lead this team and they didn't need to start someone else. But Andrew, obviously, he is no Russell Wilson. Few people are. And the Seahawks, I think, as you said, are definitely going to struggle from this, and they need help. Now, Andrew, just really, really, really quickly. If you're the Seahawks GM right now, do you try to bring in someone else to be the quarterback, your competition, or just like a young rookie? To be honest, yes. 
I don't know. I've heard this name tossed around a lot. And to be honest, it seems like a joke at this point. But to be honest, it's all about what Geno Smith does. Now, what Ryan forgot to mention is that the Seahawks, this happened on Thursday night, okay, against the Rams, which they also lost. So that means that the Seahawks are now 2-3. and three. That is not a good record. I just feel like with this Seahawks team, they need to make a big change. They need something to go much, much better than it is, where this season could be over way quickly than they, than they imagined. But we'll have to see by next week how Geno Smith does. Ryan, this is crazy news for the Seahawks, but we got to keep talking. We have to look to last week and see what were the biggest storylines. Ryan, last week in the NFL, what happened? Yeah, Andrew, last week in the NFL was crazy. As we said, the last week in the NFL had a lot of big matchups. And Andrew, it really looked like it. Andrew, the Cowboys won another game, and they are now 3 and one. Andrew, it looks like this Cowboys team is in it looks like this Cowboys team is going to have a very, very good season this year just because of their bounce rushing and passing attack. Question becomes though, how far can they go if they do win that horrible NFC least? Question that will be continued to be answered this week with every team having another game. Andrew, the Cardinals beat the Rams this week. It wasn't by last second field goal, it was by 17 points. Andrew, the Cardinals have beaten the Rams. Andrew, this Kyler Murray-led Cardinals team, do you think that they are now one of the best teams in the NFC? This was just a little bit of fluke on the tired Rams. Ryan, the Cardinals are the best team in the NFC. And to be honest, the league. I'm calling it the Arizona Cardinals are the best team in the league. They're going to win that NFC West. They're going to win... They're going to go to the Super Bowl and probably lose against Patrick Mahomes. That's a big remark. Not as confident about that as my Giants remark, but still definitely going to be interesting with them. This Cardinals team is phenomenal. They are the last undefeated team. Now, undefeated, in my opinion, unless it's five or six weeks, it's mostly just opponent-wise. But when you beat the Rams, wow, that is just such a great win. And that. A Rams team that beat the Bucks, And that's the Bucks that last won the Super Bowl. So you're knocking off the team that knocked off the past Super Bowl favorite. And with the Chiefs and Bucks losing the week before, no other team is undefeated. So that's why I just feel like this Cardinals team, it's not like they're barely winning. Or it's like they're playing bad football, but the other team is just playing worse. No, they're playing very, very good football. Kyler Murray is looking like an MVP favorite right now. John Ray Hawkins has not looked amazing, but still like a number one wide receiver type guy. Then we see that running game. Somehow James Conner is reliving his days from four or five years ago on the Steelers and looking like a very, very good running back. And then that defense, oh my God, that defense, maybe top three defense in the league. It's just doing so, so well this year. Not sure how, but just almost every single guy in that defense is stepping up. Defense looks so good. That is definitely how they're going to win. Ryan, let's shift our views to what else happened last week in which we saw a very interesting game between the Patriots and the Buccaneers. Now, the only storyline that anyone cared about was Brady going back home, Brady going back to Foxborough, the Patriots getting the best quarterback of all time, going back to their stadium in the away locker room. Crazy. But what no one could have expected is the Buccaneers almost losing. Ryan, 
This was a crazy game. The Patriots started out early. Mac Jones came in and just somehow just torched up this Buccaneers defense. Somehow, this rookie in his fourth NFL game, who looked terrible up to this point, had it had his best game so far. In which the Patriots had a chance for a game-winning field goal with under a minute to go. It was a super long field goal. Nick Folk had nailed one earlier, but then missed it to lose the game. Now, I'm not going to say that this Patriots team is better than this Bucks team by any chance, but this is just a huge reminder that anything can happen. When you go to Sunday, anything can happen between any two teams. Even when the storyline is on something completely different, we see the storyline switch into, are the Bucs really better? Is this Patriots team an underdog? We really have to look at all of this. But another thing we have to see is the Browns playing the Chargers. Now, these are two teams, in my opinion, that could be possible division winners. But also have young enough teams and have unexperienced enough players that they could also, in my opinion, be out of the playoffs by week 12 or 13. I just feel like this is going to be a huge game to show which team is better. Now, both teams have very good games. They both played the Chiefs. Now, the Chargers won. The Browns didn't, but the Browns almost did. It just really has to see which team is better, which team will come out. Yeah, Andrew, I think the big question in this game is, which team does this game mean more to? Which team can afford a loss more? Andrew, in my opinion, right now, I would have to say that the Browns can afford a loss more. And the Browns still look to be getting better. They have a lot of young players, especially rookies. They have Odell Beckham Jr. getting back from injury. Jarvis Landry will not be able to play in the game because we know he's on injured reserve. This defense is a little bit banged up right now. And Andrew, it looks like this team is continuing to come together. But Andrew, on the Chargers, right now, it seems like they need victories right now. They pulled a big, big upset over the Chiefs. But Andrew, the schedule only gets harder from there. They need to continue to get victories, and they need to continue to win games if they want to do well. After that tough loss to the Cowboys in Week 2, this Chargers team has little room for air if they're really trying to make a deep playoff run, which I think is their goal. Now, Andrew, we have two very big matchups this week. And Andrew, we don't need to dwell on them that much, but just tell me what he thinks can happen. And this week, the 49ers play the Cardinals. The Cardinals, as you said, seem to be one of the best teams in the league. But the 49ers, Andrew, also look very good right now. And Andrew, big news, they're starting Trey Lance this week. Rookie quarterback, number three overall pick. But Pro Bowl tight end George Kittle will miss the game with an injury. Andrew, with those two big pieces of news, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. What do you think is going to happen in that big marquee game? Fine, it's definitely going to go all the Cardinals. This 49 defense could give them a little trouble. But personally, I don't see it being that hard for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray. I just feel like he is just a master at quarterback. You pressure him, you blitz him, you blitz him off the edges. He has nowhere to go. Waits next to second, moves around a couple guys, and then gets tons of room. That's why I'm giving this game to the Cardinals. That's why for the next three or four weeks, I'm giving the Cardinals game to the Cardinals. Now, one of the biggest games that it seemed like would almost definitely be the AFC game with the AFC Championship game matchup. But now, are we so sure? Ryan, the Chiefs play the Bills? Ryan, tell me. Like the Browns, Chargers, which team has to win? And Ryan, then tell me. What are your chances, depending on who wins this game, 
of this being the matchup in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, Andrew, I mean, the answer to, to your first question is obvious. The Chiefs have to win. If the Chiefs don't win, I wouldn't say their season's over, but it's going to be a long path, and they definitely have to go undefeated if they want to be the number one seed this year because of the talent in this AFC, and especially their own division. Andrew, the Chiefs need to win this game. The Bills team is good, but they are coming off a monumental win last week over the Texans, which was 40-0, to and the Chiefs are 1-2 and in their last three games. Andrew, the Chiefs really, really need this win. I think they'll get it, but Andrew, as you were saying, with what will happen in the AFC Championship game, depending on this game, I feel like this is still my prediction for the matchup. But if the Chiefs dominate, maybe the Browns, Chargers could overtake the Bills. But I still think that this is going to be the matchup, regardless of what happens in this game. Unless maybe it's an absolute blowout or someone really good gets injured. We'll have to see what happens. Now, Andrew, there is a lot of other stuff in the NFL, but Andrew, the NBA is two weeks away from starting. I believe it's even less than two weeks away from starting. Eight days, I'm hearing. Andrew, Andrew Wiggins decided to get vaccinated this week, but he said he was basically forced to. Kyrie Irving and Bradley Beal still don't want to get vaccinated. And Andrew, the big news about Kyrie Irving, he can't play in the team state because they don't allow vaccinated people to go inside, unvaccinated people to go inside the stadium if he can't go inside, he clearly cannot play in the game. So, Andrew, the Nets did something interesting yesterday. They had practice outside. They had practice outside on a street court and had Kyrie Irving be able to practice. Andrew, this is madness. Andrew, let's not talk about Kyrie Irving getting vaccinated right now. But, Andrew, if let's just say he doesn't play right now. What do you think happens to the Nets? Brian, to be honest, this story is crazy. I remember last week when I said... Eh, nothing will happen. He'll just probably play and then get the vaccine. But Ryan, I don't know. At this point, I have so many questions and so little answers. I just cannot think of any possibility that would solve this. I mean, go get the vaccine. But as you said, we're not going to talk about that or his personal decision. But I just feel like if he is seriously, 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 willing to forfeit half of his salary, willing to forfeit playing, in half of their entire season. 41 games. 41 games. That's done the games. This Nets team, in my opinion, has no chance. Now, don't keep me wrong. Kevin Durant and James Harden, those are still two top 10 players. Those guys still, maybe they're better than the Lakers. But tell me, what is it going to do to this team to know that their third best player, a top 15 player in this entire league, is going to sit out? It's going to sit out. 41 games. Not because he's upset. Not because he disagrees with the team, but because he won't take this vaccine. I just feel like that locker room is going to be in shambles. This team is going to be in shambles. This league is going to be in so much trouble, so many problems. I just don't even know how this is going to go. But to answer your direct question, what's going to happen with the Nets? In my opinion, they fall back to the second place team. But in the East, in my opinion, this is a chance for the Bucks to show, hey, we're going to repeat. We're going to come back and we're going to come back stronger. Yeah, Andrew, definitely we'll have to see what happens with the Nets. But, Andrew, big other news around the NBA. Andrew, the Ben Simmons trade talks have advanced. Now, there's not been a deal. I want to make that clear. There's not been a deal, but there have been many proposed deals and many that look to be moving. When you look at trade talks are advancing, you don't just look at a team as throwing out garbage deals. Like Ben Simmons for Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes, 
and like 10 first round picks. That's not trade talks are advancing. That's a stupid deal that will never be accepted. But Andrew, Ryan Simmons looks like he has a pretty good chance to go to the Indiana Pacers. Andrew, right now, the current mold of the deal on the table is the Pacers guard, Malcolm Brogdon, their shooting guard, Karis LeVert, and possibly a first-round pick. Now, Andrew, when I first saw this, I go, that looks pretty fair. The Pacers would have a great point guard and Ben Simmons, who's an all-star. They'd have all-star power forward, DeMonte Sabonis. That's two all-stars. Neither of them can shoot well, so then maybe they try to play down low in the paint. And they have one of the best big man centers in the game, one of the best defensive centers, Miles Turner. They'd also have a great slasher in TJ Warren at the small forward. This team seems like it would work great. Now on the 76ers, the problem with Ben Simmons was that they had too many other guys, and they didn't need him to score. They needed him to pass and shoot. That's exactly what Malcolm Brogdon does. At the shooting guard, the 76ers, it looks like they need a little bit of help. And I feel like Harris LeVert would be a great helper for them. He's a great shooter. He's a great driver. He can be the guard when you need him to. I feel like this deal works out for both sides. I find both GMs. I see Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, and a second-round pick for Ben Simmons. I'm expecting to find both. Now, Andrew, I'm a little bit more optimistic than you. But, Andrew, what's your opinion on this deal from both sides? Ryan, to be honest, if I'm the Indiana Pacers, I turn this down immediately. In my opinion... This deal is so much worse for them. Now, also, I couldn't exactly tell who the pick was, but it doesn't really matter since they're actually a pretty good team, so the pick won't be that high or lottery or anything like that. But I just feel like Karis LeVert, the way that he was playing at the end of the season, the way that him and Malcolm Bogdan seemed to play together, sorry, but that's better than Ben Simmons. Now, don't get me wrong. Ben Simmons is a different type of player. Brogdon is more about maybe 12 and 12 games, He's getting 12 points and 12 assists. Then you have LeVert, who's basically just like a 25-point guy, a really good six-man who can start a lot. And then you have Simmons, who can't shoot, but is a phenomenal defender and a phenomenal paint player. But in my opinion, we were saying about Tamonte Sabonis and Miles Turner, those guys are basically just Ben Simmons, who just can't play the point guard. So in my opinion, this Pacers team would have no use for Ben Simmons. If I were them, I would take my name out of the running, go out, try to sign a different guy who actually has a future in this NBA. If I'm the Sixers, keep looking for a trade, but I'm sorry, the Pacers are not your team. If I'm the signing Sixers and this deal is supposed to me, I accept yesterday, but I have to say for the Pacers, no. Ryan, this entire year, we keep on talking about this Nets and Lakers. And then we talk about the secondary teams like the Jazz, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Bucks. I don't know, these other teams. Brian, tell me who's a team that last year missed the playoffs that you feel like could this year even be a top four seed in their conference. You just feel like this team got so much better. This team has a rising star, something like that, that's going to be there. Yeah, Andrew, I feel like one team has just got to be the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, Andrew, last year, they had a horrendous season, but... I mean, this year, Zion Williamson is almost a shoo-in to be an all-star, and Brandon Ingram was an all-star two seasons ago, and it seems very likely he will be an all-star again. And Andrew, a team of two all-stars, and they traded for solid center Jonas Valanciunas, who seems to be a top, probably, top 15 center in the game, maybe even top 10. That seems pretty good. And at point guard, they have, I don't know who they have at point guard right now, because this team keeps on trading a lot. 
They had Eric Bledsoe for a while, then they traded him. Patrick Beverly got moved through, and just everything is crazy with this team. But Andrew, it feels like they got a lot of young talent. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Kira Lewis, Jackson Hayes. And right now, Andrew, their point guard is Devontae Graham. He's not bad at all. He is not bad at all. This team needs to continue to improve, and I feel like they really will continue to improve with a lot of young talent. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas, Devontae Graham. This is going to not be a bad team. I'm not saying they'll be one of the best teams in the league, but I feel like they have a chance to be a very good team this year. Andrew, in the Eastern Conference, what is the team that you think got little to no attention in the playoffs this year you think could get big attention in the postseason? Ryan, I mean, one team, one obvious team, is obviously the Chicago Bulls. I mean, I know that everyone's talking about that, but I just got to talk about them too. This preseason, they're looking so good. Lonzo Ball's shot is looking phenomenal. Jalen Hurts, why I say that? Zach Levine flying out to the basket, dunking at home. That's just phenomenal. DeMar DeRozan is looking very good. And, you know, if all those guys can play great, Nikola Vucevic can hit a couple of threes when you need him to. That's a, that's, a, that's a phenomenal team. Then you got Derek Jones, a power forward. Slam down those dunks. Ooh, I just cannot wait to watch this team. I don't know, again, if I'd say top four, but I just feel like that is one phenomenal team. Maybe five or six seed. I don't know. I really, really like this team going in. Another team, not going to talk about them for too long, but just keep an eye on the Atlanta Hawks. Now, don't get me wrong. They did not add a lot during the offseason. Didn't get a lot better, but last year... They're so injured. Almost every guy besides Clint Capella and Trey Young was out for at least two months combined over the course of the season, whether it was COVID or injuries or something else. And that is just a reason why they could be better. Ryan, this NBA season is coming up fast, but we still got next week. Tell me anything you want to talk about before we get to this crazy college football and what is going on. Yeah, Andrew, just this NBA season is going to be super amazing, and I'm so excited for it. But again, just watch these Lakers and Nets teams. Both of them have a lot of old players. Both of them have a million different storylines of every guy on their team. Watch these two teams. Even if you don't care who wins, it will be interesting, very interesting matchups. Now, Andrew, as you said, college football is absolutely insanity right now. So, Andrew, let's look at what happened yesterday. Andrew, we every, every week, we look at upsets. And we enter in week one. And Georgia beat Clemson. They're both good teams. They just won. We also saw some times where a decent team like Oregon got knocked off or Ohio State got knocked off. I mean, it's news, but it's not really like the number one team in the country lost to an unranked team or something. It's not like Alabama lost to like some no-name team. Put Andrew this week. Alabama lost to a no-name team. Andrew, Alabama lost to Texas A&M. Earlier in the season, Texas A&M was decent. I believe they're around the 15th seed. But Andrew, right now, they're unranked in Alabama lock. Andrew, what does this mean? Well, Ryan, this is crazy. I don't know where Alabama is going to be ranked now. To be honest, I think it's going to be three, maybe four. In my opinion, there are two teams that are clearly better than them now. Those two teams are Georgia and the winner of Iowa versus Penn State. It was a crazy game. Penn State jumped out to an early 7-0 lead. Iowa came back. Then Penn State joined up. Then Iowa came back. Then Penn State got up to 20. Iowa got up to 20. 
Iowa makes a win. Iowa makes a field goal and they win this game. Iowa, in my opinion, is now the number two team in the country. Georgia goes to an easy win. I feel like they have to be the number one team in the country. Cincinnati, though, keep an eye on this Cincinnati team. They are a very, very good team. I've heard some people say that they might be number three. I think number four behind Alabama, but that's going to be crazy. Also, in Oklahoma versus Texas, this was a crazy game. Texas jumps out. They were up by 21, but Oklahoma comes back to win. Spencer Rattler has a phenomenal game as they come back to win this game. Oklahoma could be in that top five as well. But Ryan, tell me, with Alabama going down, with Iowa winning, with Georgia winning, with Cincinnati winning, and with Oklahoma winning, that's five teams. Which team should we have to see in this college football playoffs? Yeah, Andrew, I feel like right now in the college football playoffs, Alabama is still a shoo I feel like this team just has too good of a resume. And don't get me wrong. They have the worst loss of any team in maybe even the top 10. Well, probably not the top 10, but probably at least the top five. But Andrew, I still feel like their resume is amazing. They've beaten so many ranked teams, just way, way, way more than really any other team. And just they are just such a talented team. And then I think Georgia and Iowa have to make it. Iowa has two challenging games left. I mean, it's just really on Wisconsin and on, I believe they play Purdue, but it doesn't seem like Iowa has that tough of a schedule to end up as a top three seed in the country. And Andrew, Georgia, again, Andrew, we say this every year, Georgia's good, but it's going to come down to the SEC championship game. It seems almost impossible that Georgia and Alabama don't play each other in the SEC championship game. And Andrew, whoever wins that game, in my opinion, is definitely the number one seed. Whoever loses could easily be down to three, maybe even four if Cincinnati goes undefeated for the rest of the season. This is madness. That's what they say about college football. There's so many teams. It's absolutely insane. Every week, this situation is a must-talk about and a must-look at. Now, Andrew, anything else you'd like to say about the college football season? Any teams to watch? Any teams you don't think are very good? Anything? I mean, Ryan, just one team to watch was Michigan. I said, watch out for this team. They moved up to number nine this week. And then on the play, Ryan, I don't even know. But then they lost. Ryan, you're telling me they didn't lose. This Michigan team, they they beat Nebraska this week. Andrew, they barely beat unranked Nebraska. But a win is a win. Andrew, Michigan should probably just move up a spot. Maybe two, just because when you get a win, you you basically never move down unless you're like the best team in the country. So, Andrew, it looks like this Michigan team will stay top 10. But, Andrew, again, the big question, Ohio State. Andrew, with Ohio State's bad season this year, do you think there's any way Michigan beats them? Or do you think it's more of the same? Ryan, I mean, I think there was a chance. But something that I always look for is when we go to the Big Ten or the SEC or the ACC, like, conference games. And we see between the conference championship. We see if one team wins, could they earn themselves a spot in the college football labs? If this one team loses, are they still in? Just like in the SEC, how you said between Georgia and Alabama, the winner could go and the loser might even fall out. In the Big Ten, if let's say that Michigan and Ohio State go, and let's say that Michigan goes undefeated, is there a chance and Ohio State goes undefeated? Is there a chance that Michigan wins and gets their name in it alongside I don't know. But, Ryan, don't we have to remember? Ohio State and Michigan are in the same 
quote-unquote division. So the winner would probably play Iowa, unless they have a couple crazy losses. So then we have to see if they beat Iowa, are they are that team now? But let's say it's Ohio State, who's a little worse than Michigan right now. Are they then in it? Tons of questions. Only time will tell. We can speculate all we want, but we just have to keep waiting, keep seeing, keep predicting. Ryan, I've seen a lot of talk about this Heisman race. I know that it's crazy. Ryan, the number one guy until possibly yesterday might have been Bryce Young, the quarterback for Alabama. But Ryan, after yesterday's performance against Texas A&M, I feel like this spot has just opened up. Ryan, I know that we have tons of great quarterbacks and wide receivers and everyone going around in college football. But tell me, who is the top guy right now? Yeah, Andrew, it's still got to be Bryce Young. As you said, he didn't have an amazing game yesterday, but Andrew, I feel like it just got to be Bryce Young. Now, Andrew, the second guy we thought preseason was Spencer Rattler. But Andrew, as you said yesterday, his Oklahoma Sooners were getting absolutely killed. And Andrew, I'm not sure if you know this, but do you know what happened yesterday late in the game? Spencer Rattler got benched. Andrew, he sat down on the bench and started. Not because of injury, but because of playing. When you get sat down on the bench because of playing, you aren't the best player in the country. You aren't even the best quarterback on your own team. Andrew, Spencer Rattler has to improve a lot. Also, we are looking at Clemson's quarterback, DJ Uyagalele. But Andrew, this Clemson's downfall this year basically completely takes him out of the situation. Andrew, Heisman is wide open every week. We have to be looking at the situation. Who is the front runner? Because right now, I have no idea. Now, Andrew, we could talk about college football forever. There's a million teams. There's a million matchups. So much to look at. But, Andrew, let us move on to the Vikings. Andrew, last week, the Vikings played the Browns. Andrew, preseason, I wouldn't have passed for a win. But after we lost to the Bengals and we lost the Cardinals by a field goal, it kind of felt like a game that if we would have won, it would have been great. Andrew, the Vikings were playing pretty well. We had Dalvin Cook. We looked good early, but Andrew, we blew it. We, we ended up scoring one touchdown in the entire game, and that was in the first quarter. Andrew, the Vikings offense has a problem now. And this week, the Vikings play the Lions. If we lose this game, I might not want to talk about the Vikings next week. I'm just done with the Vikings if that happens. Andrew, just talk a little bit about the Vikings game last week or the Vikings game this week. We got Vine last week against the Browns. On the first drive, we just fed Josh and Jefferson the ball. We gave it to him. Pound, 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 pound. It to him. Just let him do the work. Kirk Cousins does about a five-yard slant. He used one guy. He used a couple more guys for a 15-yard game. And after that, it felt like we never wanted to go to him again. It seems like we were more going to Thielen or to Osborne or to Conklin or to... I don't know other guys and trying to run the ball with CJ Ham or Alexander Madison too much. But fine, this Vikings team, in my opinion, has to stop overthinking things. Okay? Get the ball to Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Okay? Those are your two best players. When you get into the red zone, look for Thielen. But when you're not in the red zone, give the ball to Cook and give the ball to Jefferson. Let them do your work. This is so easy. If we're the Jets, then yeah, you got to overthink it. You got to say, well, how can we get this guy open? How can we get that guy open? We have no running back, but how can we get that guy to run the ball? But we have Dalvin Cook. We have Josh Jefferson. We have Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen. And you're telling me our offense put up seven points, zero points in the next three and a half quarters combined. This is just sad. But I have to say, Vine, our defense, wow. 
That was a very good game. Now, I know that that Browns team was playing with basically no targets. Baker Mayfield got injured halfway through that game. But, Ryan, I'd say if our defense can play against that, like almost any other team that we're going to play this year, Vikings are going to be good. But, Ryan, something we just have to think about is this crazy up-and-down season. I mean, in week one, we see a loss to the Bengals, and we're saying, oh, my God, we're terrible. Then we see a loss to the Cardinals, and we're saying, are we a bottom five team in the league? And now we see the Cardinals as a Super Bowl favorite. And I said, the best team in the league. Ryan, did we almost beat the best team in the league? And then we go out, and we still lost to the Bengals. After almost beating the best team in the league. Then we go out and beat the Seahawks, who now it looks like maybe aren't that good. But still, the Seahawks, in my opinion, are always a great win, no matter how really good they are. And then we lose to the Browns. Now that's pretty expected. But other than that, almost every single game seems like was unexpected. Ryan, this week we play the Lions. Tell me we're going to win around just done. Yeah, Andrew, the Vikings have to win this week. Now, I'm not just saying Vikings, you better win, Andrew. It seems like it's almost impossible for us to lose, especially since the Lions tight end, TJ Hawkinson, seems a little injured. He is projected to play in this game, but Andrew, bad news for the Vikings. Running back Dalvin Cook will play in this game, but it seems like he definitely will not have his usual workload just because it just... He is just banged up, and they really don't want all these injuries that he keeps on having to get worse. Andrew Dalvin Cook really needs a get-right game. They really need to get improved. Andrew, let us move on to our Minnesota Timberwolves. Andrew, as you said, the season starts in just over a week. Andrew, we know our best four players. Carnathy Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Malik Beasley. And we, Andrew, for the last, basically since we drafted Anthony Edwards, we've been looking at who is our fifth best player. Andrew, in your mind, who is our fifth most valuable player coming into this NBA season? Ryan, to be honest, I think it might be Patrick Beverly. Now, I just feel like this might be a little bit of a stretch here, but to be honest, this guy and his defensive potential is just off the charts. Ryan, I just feel like this guy, if we could get him to play like a great player like he was on Houston just a couple of years ago, then we are looking at a possible, maybe even, like, a top 20 point guard in the league. Now, obviously, top 20 doesn't seem that good, but when we already have D'Angelo Russell, that is just phenomenal, in my opinion, and I feel like, great. But Ryan, one guy that I'm super excited to watch preseason has been lighting it up, and I just cannot wait, is Anthony Edwards. I just feel like last year, with him in the middle ball facing off, it just felt like we could not focus with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell constantly injured. Felt like we could not focus on Edwards. But now, with Edwards healthy, with the team healthy, that is all I want to watch. That is all I want to see. All I want to see is some good Anthony Edwards. I just want to see what is going on with him and that crazy good rookie. Fine, let's move on to the birthday of the day. It is Geno Smith. Now... Geno Smith started out being drafted by the Jets. And you know what? He was a pretty good quarterback. He was a pretty good quarterback from 2015 to 2016. But then something crazy happened. A couple days after the 2016 season, someone told his coach that he had been in a fight in the locker room. Now, Geno Smith denied all of it. He said, that's crazy. This is probably just my backup quarterback telling me and trying to get me on there so they could start. But you know what? Geno Smith was then cut. And you know what? He has never started over three games in a season again. 
for the Jets, he looked so good. He looked like such a great quarterback. But that one fight, that one announcement to his coach, and it was all over. So just take the time that you have. Spend every moment like it is your last. Happy birthday, Geno Smith. Hopefully, you get to start more than three games for the Seahawks. But next week, we will have the MLB playoffs. We will know who won all of those matchups. The NBA will start in just two days. That'll be crazy. The NFL will know who won between the Chiefs and the Bills. We'll know who won between the Browns and the Chargers. And will the Cardinals stay undefeated? Will they stay the best team? We will know next week on Twin, Twin Talk, Talk MN. MN.